At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We can't. We have no means to do that. We would have to go underwater and cut a cable. <laughs> you right. know? And that's the problem with it. We're, we're not thinking, we're, we're thinking about how to maintain our lifestyle instead of upgrading it. And we're spending billions to maintain just so we can have forest fires and, and mm-hmm. 16 hurricanes in one season, you know? And we're not upgrading to what we need for the future. And that, that makes me really sad. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Because the world. that is how it would work. The average works. American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. The problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. conscience. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 of people... Just 10 people. What your lights are. What your lights are. And each one of those people changed the lives of another ten people. And another ten. This is the beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally. And you can change the entire population of the world. Eight billion people. If you think it's hard to change the lives of ten people, change their lives forever. We've got to be that something that Arnold Tornby, the historian, refers to as a creative minority. You're wrong. Then others will show then others up. Will also, show what up. about no children dying? That's kind of nice. Kind of nice. Liberation. It's an internal. It's an internal. Of speaking the of truth. Speaking the truth. But their children were saved. And their children's children. children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere and anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Adam, guess what? Yes. We're recording. Ryan. Ryan, guess what? (laughs) What? We are in effect. (laughs) So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? After you change it. Welcome. Welcome. To public Jeffrey. Yeah, buddy. Jeffrey. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <clears throat> I had no idea. No idea it was today. How about you? Oh, I knew. We just don't care. You know, it's <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like I like the I love the idea of, you know, trying to do something romantic with your significant other. Hmm. I just hate that it's a the same time and on the same day and in the same ways as everybody else agreed so i mean do the best you can with what you got Hmm. you know put a little effort in i love it i always say it's not about that one big gesture but it's about the thousand gestures you do you know what i mean exactly because you know you can have the worst relationship in the world and one day isn't going to you know make all of it better you know right. and and so so many people unfortunately go through that and they they live for that one day 
when they you know you don't see the the thousands of actions that are that have happened that are absolutely terrible but when you have thousands of little gestures i'm not saying that it makes one action one bad action okay but you at least have a lot more to go off of to show whether or not you know you're with a person of quality it's about the data, right? How many mm-hmm. things did you do leading up to that day? And I feel I just had a birthday three days ago. And every every year I turn it off on Facebook so that nobody can tell it's my birthday. And this year I got my dream birthday, not one birthday <clears throat> wish. I did have a friend call me and say, hey, I know you don't want me to wish you a birthday, but if you want to go to lunch tomorrow when it's not your birthday. <laughs> right. And I was, I was just so happy about that because it's not my accomplishment. You can go thank my mother for having birth, you know, giving birth to me. But I really think I should be able to pick the day that I celebrate myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the same with Valentine's Day. You should pick the day that you celebrate your relationship other than your anniversaries. You know what I mean? And that <clears throat> stuff. Right. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when we're babies, you know, birthday isn't, you know, the birthday really isn't just about the kid. It's also about mom too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why our, that's why our parents, you know, did as much as they could with, you know, birthdays when we were kids, it was really, yeah. you know, a celebration for them too. So well, because you have to let your child know that sometimes they fall into the distance when it comes into, you know, life and routine. And you want to let your child know that you love them and you care about them. So one day mm-hmm. a year, that's pretty easy. You know what I mean? If you're not going to be able to spend every hour of every day, you know, right. telling your kid how wonderful they are, you should at least spend one day acknowledging their existence. Right. But for me to acknowledge my own existence feels like just so self-centered. I just don't want to do it. Uh, you know, I think it depends on how you're acknowledging your existence. I mean, <clears throat> you know, currently I've been I've been seeing a therapist because, you know, it's a healthy thing to do. And acknowledging my own existence is part of that. Okay. You know, seeing what you've been through and being able to process things that you haven't been able to process. You know, one of the things that I always speak out about as much as I can is about, you know, depression. It's something that I will live with for the rest of my life. But that's the the key word is I will live. Right. Because because I'm I have done the work and I'm doing the work to make sure that I still have that drive to stay here on planet Earth with all of you. Uh, you know, because unfortunately for a time, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case for me. And I really struggled badly, you know, and part of acknowledging your existence is acknowledging the bad parts of your existence as well. Agreed. You know, funny enough, if you've, if anybody's ever played Skyrim, there's a piece of dialogue uh, at the top of the mountain with uh, this dragon Parthernax, who you're supposed to kill because you know, all dragons are evil, uh, mm-hmm. supposedly, in uh, 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 according to the Blades. And Parthernus, Parthernax asks asks you, the player, which is better, to have always been good or to ever overcome your evil ways? Mm-hmm. And I would also, uh, you know, which is better, to have never struggled or to learn how to have struggled and survived to have coped and survived and part of that is being able to acknowledge your own existence and acknowledge the bad parts of your existence much like sometimes this country needs to do is acknowledge the bad parts of its existence well i'm I'm thankful that you're here still and 
How do you, I want to know, because I'm bad at that, talking to a therapist. When I went to a therapist, I went to two sessions, and at the end of the last session, I was like, well, I know what I'm doing. I'm moving to another state. And she started asking me, she's like, well, you're an only child. I have an only child. Why is, why does he do this? And why, and I ended up helping the therapist more than she. (laughs) And it's because I'm really good at putting on that front. Like everything's okay. Everything's great. Even after I like cried to her about some of the things that happened in my life, she still just assumed that I, I had it all under control and I was fine. And then I went home and laid in a bed for a week, you know, and and felt depressed. And I was like, I have to do something about my life to move forward. But Mm -hmm. I really need somebody to talk to and vent about some of this stuff that makes me feel like inadequate or uniquely diverse from everybody else that I've ever met, you know, I don't know how you talk to somebody openly, you know, it's about finding the right therapist, like Mm -hmm. much, much like I would say finding the right doctor to work with, you know, everybody gets in this, this frame of mind that, oh, well, I can only see this one doctor, I can only, you know, talk to this one therapist. And the reality is, is that no, if your doctor isn't listening to you, you can fire them and find someone else, it might be more difficult absolutely but there is the absolute ability for you to find someone else who will listen to you you know as as a dude i will say that it's a lot easier for me to find someone to listen to me but the women in my family my friends have always had a hard time finding a doctor that will listen to them and you know i would say that you know when you find a doctor who's willing to sit down with you, listen to you, answer your questions fully, not like, you know, try to run out the door because, you know, they're getting paid by the code. Right. You know, find someone who's willing to engage with you and answer those questions and take the time to do so because those questions are important and they're difficult, especially when you have no idea what's going on. Yes. I don't. And so mm. it's, you know, the biggest thing is just understanding that if, if you don't feel like you're getting the help that you need, be it physically, be it mentally, then you need to you know, fire your doctor and find someone else. Because they are working for you. It's a, it's an industry, uh, a profit, a for-profit industry. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we don't like a restaurant, we don't go back to it, but we feel like we need to go back to our doctor and turn them into something they're not. What I think is weird is personally for me, I will not listen to a male, not a doctor, not a therapist. I just don't I know the male perspective. I already have that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not an idiot when it comes to enlightenment, but a woman has a unique perspective and I was raised by a single mom and aunts and female cousins. And so if a woman says you need to do this, I'm like, "Yes, ma'am." You know what I mean? Until I realize that they don't have my best interests at heart. So, but I mm-hmm. can't imagine a, what a woman a woman can't go to a woman because they they have that perspective and they can't go to a man because a man won't understand some of the stuff that a woman is complaining about that men do. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and so it's all the more difficult and that's, and that's one of those things where it's like, you know, we need more women doctors. We need mm. more women of color who are doctors. Yeah. We need, we need to have much more diverse pool. And in yeah. terms of the science, we need to have a much more diverse pool of data because 
you know, most of the things that we're used to seeing and discussing and talking about have been studied by, analyzed by, and and participated in by dudes, men. Right. That's where, that's, so when you have only one segment of data, and then you try to apply that to all of these other diverse people, you shouldn't be surprised when it doesn't necessarily hold up. It might hold up well with with the group of people that you've worked with, mm-hmm. and absolutely, that's that's great. You know, that it doesn't mean you need to change the you know the entirety of your foundation of knowledge. It just means that you understand a segment of the data, and you need more data. You need yeah. better data. Yeah, when science goes on with <clears throat> one with one hypothesis and and it goes on with this assumption that goes on for too long. You have to back up like archaeology, right? We went under one assumption for thousands of years, and now we're finding things in the more distant past that changes everything we knew about archaeology, but yet we're still pushing for the fundamentals that we thought we knew instead of embracing all the new stuff. Because what we learned now about the more distant past changes every every aspect of what we knew about the past and we don't want to go through all the work of changing everything you know right so i mean it's so i would say that given the way that the healthcare system works in this country currently you know Hmm. if it isn't working for you fire your doctor now that doesn't mean go out you know if you're trying to go hunt for pain pills you know right fire your doctor until you find something i mean the end goal is to solve the problem. And I know that there is uh, some work being done. Uh, I was part of it uh, for a couple of years to try and change the system. So that way you doctors are getting paid better to yes. fix the problem, not just Man. have you visit, right. you know, it's, it's and unfortunately when you have a major system like that in place, it's just going to be a slow change. And, you know, like the issue, especially with my doctor and I came to terms with this is I'm just, I'm just a 15 minutes, but it takes her 45 minutes and tons of paperwork and computer work just to input what she did for me. A, mm-hmm. a doctor has more to do outside of her patients than she has to do with her patients. And I think that's an issue. And the other thing is, is like doctors, mm-hmm. they should have biographies. Like I had a urologist and when I looked him up, he was a football coach and he studied psychology and robotics. And now he was going to stick a camera in my penis. And I didn't like that. I didn't like his background <laughs> in that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, I don't want a lacrosse coach, like telling me to buck down and deal with it. <laughs> right. So, I get that, you know, <clears throat> but at the same time too, you know, one of the things that we do have to understand is, is that, you know, if, if they've earned the credential, they're mm-hmm. a doctor. And we need to treat them as though, you know, they're going to have our best interests in mind until they prove that they don't. In which case, then it's our job to fire them and find someone who does. Right. I believe that I I have a diabetes problem. Some say I'm diabetic. Some say I'm pre-diabetic. I'm diabetic. And 
I want a nutritionist. I don't want a pill. And like Adam talks about this with his head injuries, that they wanted to give him pills to manage the pain, and he wanted rehab to fix the pain. And he did, and he's better. Congratulations to Adam. Everybody yeah, go buddy. Good job, A-Dog. Go listen to the last episode of Adam Has a Beard, where he's talking about this and a lot more. I was really, I was really proud of him for all that hard work, because he could have just taken pills and laid in bed and cried about how he wasn't getting better. But... He went through. That's, he went through the struggle. He had fits of anger. He had fits of just irritation, and he battled through that. And now he's back at work. He's got full range in his hands again, and I'm really happy for him. And that's and 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 that's the crazy part in this. And that's one of the things that has to be addressed within our system is this idea that, you know, we don't need to mask the problem. We need to fix it. You know, it's it's kind of like. The best way I know how to put it that a lot of people understand is working on cars. You don't change the oil just because you think it's, you know, fun to do. Mm. It's preventative maintenance because if you don't change the oil, the engine breaks down. And if the engine breaks down, you ain't going anywhere right. and it's expensive to fix, you know, and, and the human body's the same way. There is a level of preventative maintenance that you have to do with the human body. And sometimes there are some things you got to work out, you know, Throwing an oil change isn't going to, you know, necessarily change the problem right. that you have a blown head. You have to go in and you have to fix the blown head mm. in order for the oil changes to continue to do the same thing that they do under yeah. a normal circumstance. And in the in, in the human body, it's no different. You know, your preventative maintenance is going into the doctor, getting your checkups done on an annual basis, getting blood work done on an annual basis to see where you are, you know, actually having the time to sit down and talk with someone about what you're feeling and what you're experiencing and whether mm -hmm. or not that falls within the range of normal. Right. And if it doesn't, okay, well, now let's start looking at some of the things that we can do to change that. Some, yeah, I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that get pissed when you here the well diet and exercise well maybe not necessarily diet and exercise but physical therapy rehabilitation these are things that take time but even yeah. in this consumer style world a lot of people are looking for a magic bullet that just yep. fixes the problem and and that is the other problem is is that there is no magic bullet fix you know no. i'm dealing with a permanent tear in my shoulder that i've had for the last 15 years and guess what there's one option for me, and that is surgery to remove the tear. Otherwise, it's just, you know, making sure that I keep my shoulder stretched out as much as I can and understand that I have a weight limit. And if I do ever get shoulder replacement surgery, then I have a whole other list of things that I'm going to have to do that is preventative maintenance for that injury, mm. you know, for that replacement. You know, and when you have traumatic injuries, much like what Adam has had to deal with, man, you know, you think about the work that has to go into doing something like that, you know, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that is so far above and beyond most people's willingness to deal with. They just want to be able to shut down and, and have a magic pill that, you know, makes the pain go away. But the problem is, is, is that, especially in this society and in this, and in this world, you know, you very few people get the pleasure of being able to do nothing but take pills. Right. And it ain't you and it ain't me and it ain't Adam. It's, you know, it's people who have far more money than we ever get to. And unfortunately, a lot of the times they're taking pills because they got other things going on in their life. 
Yeah, well, there is people that can just take pills and maintain, but I think the first, you said it, the first step is taking responsibility for it. Like, I read um, the average American eats 130 pounds of sugar a year. Mm-hmm. Well, no wonder I'm diabetic. How about I start changing my diet? I can eat a big hoagie, yeah, full of bread and carbs and stuff with fries and feel like crap the next day and take a pill and, and it'll... it'll bring my blood sugar down but it isn't changing the fact that that shit's destroying my body (laughs) as it's going through so i eat salads and guess what i I, salads are all right they're you know they're a salad bar type of salad with cheese and croutons and eggs and anything i want on it and but it's still low sugar right and so Mm -hmm. i took i took responsibility for that and then so when i go to the doctor she has a good baseline of what's actually wrong with me i'm not full of of sugars and mcdonald's and carbs and going in there and saying i don't know what's wrong with my blood sugar i know i'm trying i know i'm trying you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. everybody needs to like i always said if you have a problem the three things you need to do is take responsibility for it drink more water get laid and then see if it's still a problem or you know jerk yourself off whatever works i mean ain't nothing ain't nothing wrong with you know focusing on yourself and doing a little me time or hey if that ain't your thing you know what is your thing some people it's making art some people it's you know find Mm -hmm. that thing that is your outlet working out you know some people that's the whatever gives you that i mean the best way i know how to described as you know for runners they call it the runner's high for lifters they call it the pump Mm -hmm. you know that dopamine release it also takes your mind off of the issue and allows your body to kind of reset i can focus on pain and it is the worst thing ever i can make a pain worse just because i will focus on it until i'm bleeding you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just need to take your mind off of it and meditate or like you said do art or go for a walk listen to music cook something do do something else for somebody else and you'll realize that your struggles are struggles but so is everybody else and when you think that your problem is the biggest problem in the world and nobody understands, that's when it becomes worse. But when you realize that my mom was an amputee, right? And so when I started losing my sight, she was like, I don't have a leg. Deal with it. And it was that, that that's just what it was. And I didn't pity myself too long about it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So. I mean, it's, that's, and that's the frustration is, is that, you you know, we all want to feel that, you know, somebody feels sorry for me, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the, the thing is, is, is that there, there will be people that feel sorry for you, but that doesn't, ne- that does not equate to people wanting to solve your problem. Right. You have to solve your own problems for people to get on board. Otherwise they're mm-hmm. just going to mock you. They're just going to say, why aren't you even trying? You're not trying. Or as a therapist once told me, you know, you can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. Right. I have a friend. He's 400 pounds. He just lost his mom. And now I'm talking to him and he's like, yeah, I get a salad once a week. And I, and I told him and I was like, you know, this, the way you eat is the way you eat because it's the way you've always eaten. But once you eat salad, it becomes a routine and suddenly you're into salad. If you eat fruit, suddenly down the line, you're going to be craving fruit instead of a Snickers bar. But if Mm -hmm. all you do is eat Oreos, then you're going to want more Oreos. But you can adjust. I love salad now. You know what I mean? I have everything in the fridge to make a salad right now. And 
I love that, you know? And mm -hmm. so I'm learning and what I can eat and what I can't eat. And I think we need to take responsibility for that. Like Adam did. Adam could have very easily just taken a pill and shirked his responsibility, but he said, no, I want to get through this. And he's my role model. And so I'm really happy. Yeah. And it's absolutely fantastic. You know, that everybody has that part in them that they have to do. And, mm -hmm. and the other part of this equation is admitting, you know, that sometimes you're going to fall and sometimes you're going to struggle Mm -hmm. I do still, you know, that's just it. But yeah. the question is, is, you know, are you willing to keep doing the things that you're doing and keep feeling the way that you're feeling? Or are you willing to do something different to feel something different? <clears throat> it's you know, not, it's not everybody else that's causing your problem. It's you. And it was like, you know, everybody here was, you know, in the house, they were, they were going to the doctor, they were getting tests done to figure out what some of their ailments were. Mm -hmm. And for some, you know, and for the people in the house, they had legitimate things that were just out of whack and, right. and you're going to have to take a pill for it. That's the only way that you're going to fix it. So right. I was like, you know what, you know, I've had some issues controlling my weight. You know, I'm a little heavier than I want to be. Maybe I've got something going on too, you know, during my, during my doctor visit, I had my blood panel done to see if you know maybe i'm hormonally out of whack i'm mm -hmm. on medication so maybe something's off not only am i not out of whack i am so normal that literally i am like the poster child of normal blood work and even like for as heavy as i am all of my cholesterol levels my bad cholesterol levels are on the low end mm. i was like what how is that? And they're just like, you just need to change your diet and, and exercise routine. And I'm like, damn it, <laughs> this is on me. I don't it, get yeah. to blame anything else. And so, right. you know, now it's, you know, if I'm heavier than I want to be, I don't get to blame McDonald's. Right. I'm the one that's choosing to go there. I don't get to blame Wendy's. I don't get to blame Carl's Jr. I don't get to blame all of these other places. Because none of these places are, you know, showing up at my house with a gun to my head saying, shove this in your mouth. <laughs> no, it's because I like the taste of it. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's freaking cheap junk food that, you know, gets you hooked. And yeah. I have nobody to blame but myself. Yeah. But, man, I will say this. When it comes to salads, you know, that I have to laugh, you know, because all of the, you know, the memes about air fryers and adults finally getting air fryers, mm -hmm. you know, I got one for Christmas and I started doing this, uh, you know, it's a spicy chicken uh, mm -hmm. made with uh, uh, tahini and I grill, I grilled that on the air fryer and I put that in a salad and oh my God, is it so good? Yeah. Lots right. of salad, a little bit of chicken to go with there. So I got a protein boost. and Oh, man, is it delicious. Yeah, and then guess what? You can have a little, like, I eat a salad and then I get a few M&Ms. You know what I mean? And I put those in my mouth and I suck those things down to the peanut. and <clears throat> You know what I mean? But I get to choose right. that. And I, I feel better <clears throat> about myself. And then when I go and have McDonald's, it's 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 too salty it's it's disgusting it's like stomach uh, hurts afterwards it's, it's just my mouth it's just that taste that smell that's like i don't want to i don't want that anymore or know? or like uh, you know i've even made some other changes like for example i don't i i used to put sugar in my coffee so so much sugar in my coffee that mm -hmm. you know the family running joke was is that you know i had coffee syrup for breakfast right and you know 
after I started, after I stopped putting sugar in my coffee, you know, the creamer that I was using, well, turns out it's a dairy based creamer. So I needed to get away from that. So I started putting coconut creamer in my coffee. Yes. Very little sugar in it. And man, is it great. And I love Mm. it because I get my vanilla flavoring that I like. It's got a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of coconut to it. So that way I've got that, you know, that, you know, somewhat exotic flavor to it. And Mm. it's great. I love it. It works for me. I love that. And I noticed that I did, I took my blood sugar in the morning and I would have, you know, say I'm at 110 and I would drink my coffee and I'm at 140. And so I would take a pill, you know, to get, get it down. And then I'd wait a couple hours and eat breakfast. And then an hour later do my blood sugar and I'm up to 200 and I'm like, that isn't what I want to be eating. And so we can move on, but I really want to know what do people eat for breakfast that are diabetic because I'm mm. going through the list of breakfast foods. I don't see anything. And I don't want to eat sprouts and fucking, you know, nuts for breakfast. I want something substantial, but I can't eat oatmeal, can't have donuts, can't have cereal, you know, and all these, I can have bacon, you know what I mean? I can't even have an egg because eggs I found are disgusting. And I don't think I ever want to eat an egg again, you know? Well, and and I would, I would say this, you know, maybe it just depends on the egg, you know? Mm. Uh, So like in our house, Emily can't have chicken eggs, Mm. but uh, because she's allergic to them or it's, it's an allergy marker for her, but she can have duck eggs. And oh man, mm. duck eggs are rich. They are delicious. Yeah, they are fantastic. They're expensive as hell. Yeah, they because are. it's not because it's not something that's common. We've we've commercialized chicken eggs to be to the point of they are what they are. They are what they are. <clears throat> but, but they also use egg to grow um, the vaccines, like we were talking mm-hmm. about last week. And that dawned on me. And then I saw I just saw a random TikTok and. And it was explaining how eggs, they stay in your system. And if you have a bad bacteria in your system to begin with, eggs aren't going to help get rid of that. They're going to help, they're going to help grow that. And so. Mm -hmm. That's why when you get sick, they don't recommend you eat eggs. Right, exactly. So why would I just go out of my way to eat eggs every day? So I, so I love eating eggs every day because, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about me is, is that, you know, eating cereals. Like my body burns through it like it's rocket fuel and then Mm. I'm hungry and then I'm eating more. Right. But if I have like a protein based breakfast, like if I do eggs, if I do bacon, if I do sausage, I'm not hungry until like 12, 31 o'clock. Right. On time when my lunch is. And so one of those things that everybody has to figure out is what works best for your body type. Uh, You know, For some people, they're not breakfast people. They don't get hungry until noon. Great. Awesome. For some people, it's like they need a little something. So they do cereal. They do granola. They do whatever. And Mm -hmm. it works for them until they get hungry at noon. Great. Me, if I do eggs and sausage or eggs and bacon, I'm good until about 12, 31 o'clock. I would go with that. I would go with that. Yeah. You know, you find out what works best for you. And especially like, you know, you just, you have more research to do because you are diabetic you know like for example you know i have still technically have ulcerative colitis even though i've haven't had a flare-up in 10 years you know because because it took a lot of managing my stress and changing my diet a bit so that way i wouldn't have flare-ups you know and and still to this day there are things that i i i 
won't eat in large amounts just because, you know, it can be a marker. One of the biggest things I got rid of was, you know, quick foods, like, you know, a lot of nukables, mm-hmm. you know, cause yeah. I mean, I was in college, you know, a lot of the time it was just like quick grab something before you had to head on to the next thing. And, you know, convenience was a thing. Right. But unfortunately, some of the things that were in there were not good for me. Holy cow, is there a lot of sodium in that stuff? And almost as much sodium as the dorm food that I ate. <laughs> Oof. Right. We used to say that our dorm food had three levels of salt. There was mmm, salt, damn salt, and holy shit, salt. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> but I thought that's the thing is I thought I had ulcerative colitis or Crohn's and you know, the first doctor told me it was cancer, and then my doctor said it isn't cancer. The second mm-hmm. doctor said, well, you have hemorrhoids. And I was like, okay, so I started treating that. It isn't hemorrhoids. It's my blood sugar. My A1C mm-hmm. is so high that it is swelling my intestines. And mm-hmm. I noticed because I was just all January, I was in tears over this. And then I, I got the test strips so I could manage my blood sugar. And I was like, wow, okay. And I, and I took the blood sugar pills and boom, the pain went away. And now I know I have to get it down further because I am so close to the edge of that, that I have to monitor Mm -hmm. it and get it, get that sugar out of my body so that I can again have sugar. Cause I am, my cup is full of sugar. And if I have too much, I'm in pain. But it's not always going to be that way. And I think drinking water with your food is a big deal. It's just a for yes. me, it's a big deal, you know. You know, <clears throat> I mean, drinking water when you think you're hungry. Like, that's one of those things that most people don't recognize uh, or choose to ignore. Guilty as charged. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, you know, we like we like our sodas. We want to be able to have our fizzy drinks, our sugary drinks. But the reality is, is that, you know, most of the time, like you're not hungry, you're thirsty. Your mm-hmm. brain is getting the same signal. Right. And it's funny, like you drink a huge bottle of water or not even a huge bottle of water and that goes away. Yep. Yeah. And if you eat it with food, you eat less food and everything goes through your system better, I just think. And I think everybody's a little dehydrated, honestly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. And that's also one of those things like I noticed too, is, is that drinking, drinking a good amount of water before I go to bed. Yeah. I might have to get up and go to the bathroom once, but my quality of sleep is actually better when I, you know, yeah. drink enough water. Right. So I love that. We are doing a really great job of avoiding what we were going to talk about. Aren't I don't we? think we were avoiding, <laughs> you know, this is kind of, it's kind of one of those things like that just kind of comes up like yeah. avoiding would be like, Oh, so yeah, we got that thing we got to talk about, but Oh, Hey, by the way, let's talk about food instead. Right. Uh, no, no, no. I think, I think, I think that's, that's an important topic for people to, to ruminate on. Well, because <laughs> like we, food pun. It, it, it is kind of on topic and the, where we have to take control of ourselves, you know, and we have to meet here. Okay. So I, I watched the, the impeachment because I wanted to see the defense. I wanted to see the prosecution, their case. And then I wanted to see the defense of that. And then it went right into these questions. And then here's the vote, right? And I got so worked up about stories about these senators like Josh Hawley sitting with his feet up, ignoring things. And I was like, how do you dismiss the, you know, the death of cops? And how do you do? And I'm yelling at all these people. And then it dawned on me, this is over. Like, it's, it's, it's already over. He's going to be acquitted. This isn't even, this isn't the realm to 
hold him accountable. That's not what impeachment is. It's about protecting us from future events. And these people, they have their own lives. They have to they have to run for re-election. And honestly, when 90% of your base is saying acquit him, what else can you do? Because I've always said, you go to your district, you go to the people you represent, you say, what do you want me to do? They tell you, you go back. So I can't get mad at these Ted Cruz's and Lindsey Graham's for sticking to what their base tells them to do. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me that it's not about changing the minds of these senators. It's about changing the minds of that base, you know? That's part of it, but I don't think that that necessarily would work. Uh, once again, and, and this is going to be the controversial opinion in the room for a lot of people, I blame the Democrats for botching this one, too. Oh, nobody's not de- not blaming the Democrats for what because you know. so so here's so here's the thing is is that you had seven Republicans you know the first time you only had Mitt Romney yeah one yeah you had seven this time yeah. that said he was guilty I would have never guessed Bill Cassidy would have joined right or uh, Burr right Senator Burr those I, those was... are two that I would have never imagined but right you know and and the problem that I have, and, and I was pissed at Mitch McConnell, and I'm still pissed at Mitch McConnell. Oh, me too. But he made a point that when I sat down and I thought about it, I was like, God damn it, the Democrats did it again. They rushed the process. Mm-hmm. So so the question all along that needed to be answered and should have been answered, and I would argue it should have been answered by the highest court in the law in the in the land, that is also the most conservative court that we've had in a long time. And had the Supreme Court heard argument on whether or not this was constitutional and had decided on it, I think more senators would have joined in. Yeah, because because they, they, because they, they used they argument. used the whole yeah they used the whole it's not constitutional despite the fact that the Senate voted on it. Right. They used the whole it's not constitutional. So when that came up, it should have been imperative to Democrats because. The issue at hand was whether or not someone who was impeached while they were still in office could be convicted after they left. And they needed the Supreme Court to decide that and had the Supreme Court with a 6-3 conservative leaning said that it was constitutional. Mm -hmm. No, I get that. Had the Senate also voted to say it was constitutional, then these senators would have had no choice but to actually hear the argument and vote on whether or not the president was guilty. And I blame the Democrats for rushing it. I blame the Republicans as well because they've opened up a precedent that I think is dangerous. Oh, yeah. They gave up their power. They gave up their power. And I never saw that coming. (laughs) The precedent is, is that as long as the president does something shitty before, uh, he right before he leaves office mm-hmm. you can impeach him all day long but as long as it doesn't come up to trial until after he leaves office there is no presidential accountability i guarantee you that there will be a democrat that will use that to their advantage i think it's a dangerous precedent and i blame the democrats for not going to the supreme court to make that case because then we could look at the republicans and say you know what we had a constitutional ruling it was constitutional and you have allowed this precedent to continue this is on you 
I am very frustrated with that because, you know, imagine if you will, that you had a violent criminal that has been charged, but they have not been convicted yet because they have not been to trial yet. Right. And we say, you know, when we talk about statute of limitations, it's statute of limitations when it comes to charging, not due to when the trial sits. Your statute right. of limitations is your ability to charge someone, not your ability to convict someone. Which has nothing to do with an impeachment trial. I would argue that it does because it very much is it's it's very much the same in that you know you were charged as a president there is so the statute of limitations should not have been an issue well no but you were impeached as a president i don't mm-hmm. i don't like the word charged because charged is a legal term and in an impeachment trial i don't think it i don't think it holds and i think it triggers people's minds to a criminal trial when this is much looser this is high crimes and misdemeanors this is if mm-hmm. you were drunk in office this is if you incited a riot but yet Criminally, you couldn't be charged because you said peaceful once out of the 40 times you said fight and, you know, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, he won't, he won't be charged for this because the, no. the burden of proof is too high. But this was the point to say, we don't ever want this to happen from a president again or mm-hmm. a secretary of state or a vice president or, yep. I mean, how many people work in the government? And the other thing was this first amendment thing. And uh, no, a politician doesn't get to use the First Amendment that way. When he's in office, when he's sitting outside of his home and his work office, he doesn't get to say that stuff. Sure, when he's in a restaurant sitting alone, not doing his official duties, he can say whatever he wants. But the Constitution says the people can say what they want and the government can't restrict that. He's, mm-hmm. He is the government, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, yes, you have you have debate. You have a debate First Amendment. You can go and debate anybody you want and say anything you want during that debate, but you can't just go around walking around saying Heil Hitler, you know what I mean? You can get right. impeached for that. And I just, it upsets me that, that they said, no, he's acquitted, but, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. No, I was pissed about that too. Like, yeah. <clears throat> You know, for all and and the number of senators afterwards who had to issue statements saying that, you know, we voted on the constant, we voted based on the constitutionality of it, you know, mm-hmm. and that we still think that he is guilty of incitement of an insurrection, blah 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 blah. blah. And it's like, yeah, it man, wasn't about I, you that. know, it wasn't about the technicalities. They keep doing these procedural things when it comes to morals. They try and put procedures over morals, and I got to agree that. The Democrats rushed it, but they got the impeachment ready by January 15th. They could have gotten it into the Senate before he left, and the trial could have kept going after he left. But they decided, Mitch McConnell decided to hold it, and they were on vacation. I'm not blaming him. He had the decision to, you know, bring people back in to do it or not, and he didn't. And so to then say, well, it... It didn't happen while he was in office, but it can't happen when he's not in office. And Mitch, you got to pick a side. You can't. You oh, can't yeah. do that. You can't be that hypocrite anymore. Um, 
and, this, I, and, and 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 the Democrats, like you, gotta slow down and actually think this one through. You mm-hmm. knew that this question of the constitutionality was gonna be, you know, one of the biggest sticking points. Yep. And you had every chance to take that argument away from them, and you didn't. Right. So, so this is this is very much a politicians doing politician things. Yes. We've investigated ourselves, and though we're pissed at ourselves, we have found that we have done nothing wrong. Yes. And that's the problem is that America is trying to put a political filter over their daily lives. And that is a problem. Like, what did I say to you is that Donald Trump was the mad dog in front of the meth house, the meth lab. And we've all been scared of that dog for so long that the meth lab was able to distribute its product. And now we're infected with this political lens that just isn't reality. It's not. It's You're just giving credit to their stupidity the truth is is that's not what life is and we're just getting more and more radical and we're following the more and more radical when the when we all believe in the same things you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, and so we need to get away from that somehow we need to come up with a rehab you know <laughs> well i i think one of the things that you know much like we were talking about when it comes to a doctor yes we need to be looking at we need to be looking at this in the lens of actually solving the problem. You can't be rushing this process. The first impeachment was an absolute train wreck. Thank like, you, Jerry Nadler. We're still that, waiting for Don McGahn to be fucking subpoenaed. <laughs> that was that was just oh my god. Oh, yeah. I, that was I knew, you knew that that one was going to go, and and the fact that Romney was the only one that crossed the line mm-hmm. should have given you all the information that you needed that this was not successful and it was a waste of our time everybody got so happy that donald trump had been impeached that they totally forgot that it means absolutely nothing if the senate doesn't you know if the senate right. doesn't convict him and here you i mean you literally had the case the biggest question looming over you was whether or not this was constitutional because to the republicans credit there is nothing in the constitution that says whether or not this can happen. But then again, I think that's one of those things that when you look to other states' constitutions, it, it absolutely is in there that uh, uh, an official can be impeached after their their term in office. Sure. Like the other states have that in their constitution. So there should have been the question of whether or not this was constitutional at a federal level. And that should have given the Democrats all of the answers that they would have needed, especially with a conservative group, because had a conservative group of judges found this was constitutional, I honestly think we would have gotten close to 67. I really do. Josh Hawley could have still said, I don't believe, I don't agree with that. Yeah, and Josh Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz would have, and and Mm -hmm. you know what, that's, you were never going to change their minds. That's the thing is that, they are free to make their own decisions, no matter what rulings are in effect. They're, they're, it, people, but, people have this issue that this, the outcome of this somehow would affect their lives, and it absolutely doesn't. If nope. Donald Trump was impeached, if he was drawn and quartered, if he was shot in the head, your life would be the same the next day. If he's acquitted, your life is the same the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. But we all want this accountability because – Here's the thing is 200 people have been charged in in this mob thing, but Donald Trump wasn't. He was if he was just another member of the group, 
and the whole group was charged. I got charged for standing outside of a house because my friends were inside destroying it when I was like eight years old. I still got in the police car. They still charged me, you know, and so I... Yeah, I'm irritated, but guess what? We gotta move on. We gotta realize that Donald Trump's accountability will come in the form of karma, maybe, and less law. New York's you know? New York's investigating him for a bunch of tax issues. Yeah. George's investigating him for voter fraud. Right. Um, Washington I think, DC is is looking to charge him for the insurrection. Yep. I think that there's absolutely. There's absolutely the case that, you know, you know, especially the voter fraud one. I think that that one is uh, that one. Oh, yeah. if 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 the conservatives allow that one to go forward, I mm-hmm. think uh, you, I mean, literally, you know, everybody talked about the Ukraine call and I was like, oh, it sucks. But I don't think that, you know, I know what he's doing, but I don't think it's enough. When he asked them to find the votes, it was very clear that he was trying to have fraud committed. It was Mm -hmm. very, very clear. That, I think, in and of itself is going to be, you know, a nail in a coffin for him if Georgia has the balls to do it. Oh, they do. I think think D.C. has – every ability to charge him with incitement of insurrection mm-hmm. as as an individual at a federal level and i think that if they decide to do it fantastic i think but i do think if the justice department decides to pursue it it will destroy the democrats chances in in the midterms coming up i think it'll just be this backlash of oh you're still going after him you know what i mean well and that's the thing though is is that it doesn't, you know, in the case of the Senate, yes, it would absolutely do that. But in cases like Georgia and in cases like D.C., I mean, I would argue that you're right if, you know, in terms of the tax stuff in New York, that probably would I would hold that one up. But you've got people like McConnell and Grassley saying that, you know, he was you know, the one who incited this, there Mm -hmm. are fewer allies on that and the personal side. And I think that there is more of a possibility with Georgia that there are even fewer allies willing to stand with him on that one. Have you heard what they're charging him with? Everything from dereliction of duty, um, abuse of office, like they're going for felony charges and that, that can contain jail time. And I can't imagine what a jail in Georgia is like, you know what I mean? Well, the, and the idea of, of that, you know, they'll charge him, but as long as Florida, you know, doesn't extradite him. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I doubt you will see Florida extradite him. And I want to, I want to put this in perspective. He's not a lawyer and he didn't listen to the lawyers. And so, mm-hmm. like Nancy Pelosi said after Ukraine, we'll just give him enough rope to hang himself because he doesn't know what he's doing wrong because he isn't listening okay. to anybody. It's kind of like I'm not a baker. I can't go make a souffle. And if I make a souffle, a baker's going to tell me I'm doing it wrong, right? He's right. not a politician. And so when he's making political mistakes, you can't – I don't – you can blame him. He took the job, but the truth is, is you got to give him some slack for not being a political lawyer. You know what I mean? And right. I'm, ha- I'm happy he's gone. And honestly, I think we should replace the word fuck with Trump. And I should say what the Trump, you know what I mean? And I just think he's going to fade into obscurity. I really, really do. Because how do you come back from this politically? How do you? And so if, if he has less influence and we have more influence on those 74 million, then mm-hmm. I think that I think we can honestly say 
rationally now, like, what did he do? Like, what did he do for you? Like, and what is he going to do for you in the future? And I've always said, Donald Trump is the answer to a problem. It's the wrong answer to the right problem. He's not the right person for what you're asking him to be. He's a rich millionaire that sits on gold toilets fighting for the average man. And that isn't, that's not working. It's not, it's not grassroots, but you should go and find somebody that can represent you properly and can do it in a meaningful, honest way. And I think that uh, the white grievance vote is a block. It's a voting block. And I think that that should be considered and it should be in delegation, not the supremacist vote. You know, I don't think there's, we should ever give credence to white supremacy and we should battle it. But there's a group of white people that are are being screwed by a system that is mm-hmm. isn't considering them anymore and we keep forgetting that i somebody asked me what is with the the republican party and i told them they are a white majority in fear of a brown minority becoming the majority that's what they're fighting they're fighting the fear of becoming the minority they don't hate black people they hate block they hate black the black block they hate the brown block you know in theory not as people i love everybody but oh my gosh like are laws suddenly going to be changed are we going to do shira whatever that is you know sharia law yeah right and that's what scares them but the truth is is we're america and it's always it's always been this way. We were a minority when we first came here. There was more Mexicans and Indians in America than white people, and we survived. We will survive if we get along with the brown people and the black people and everybody else coming into this country. We will survive. You can't think, fight it. You can't fight it. No. It's, it's happening. And 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 here's, you know, I think – I think you, you hit part of the nail on the head in that the I whole white grievance the or the white grievance <laughs> vote is that the Republican Party has been great at selling this idea that they're saving them tax money and that they really have their best interests looking out for them. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but the data doesn't show that. No, it doesn't. You know, in terms of in terms of the way the government spends money. Yes, you know. Congratulations! If you made a certain amount of money, you probably saved a five hundred to a thousand dollars in taxes. But when you go ten thousand dollars in debt to save a thousand dollars, that's not savings, man. Right. You know, and here's and and I think that's one of the biggest issues is is that what I've told people is the conservative party isn't conservative in a financial sense. They like no. to pretend that they're conservative in a moral sense, but you know it doesn't apply when they cheat on their wife with their second mistress and knock mm. her up. It doesn't apply when you know it doesn't apply when they've got gay kids that are in the closet till suddenly they're not in the closet and then magically they love gay people. And it doesn't mm. apply when like this like this idea that that there is any sort of actual conservative to them is such a joke anymore. Yeah. Great. Tell me you're financially, you know, if you're actually financially conservative, great. Show me how. Show me what programs you're willing to cut across the board, because I guarantee you at the rate we're spending money, remember all the jokes that were made about, ha ha, you know, Italy's got to go into austerity and this, that, Greece and all that. Yeah. 
you, well, that's going to be us. Well, yeah, but oh, it's that's it's, going it, to be us. It's so because difficult. we are spending money we don't have, sure. and and the more we keep spending on everything across the board, if we're if we don't start either cutting spending and or raising taxes, mm-hmm. only logical thing that's going to come next is the collapse of social security. Yep. That's what we've leveraged, which means that people like you are going to get absolutely hosed mm-hmm. in this. Oh yeah. And it also means that anybody over the age of 65 who was counting on social security as their retirement plan, you know, you're going to be working as a Walmart greeter again. And that's everybody. I mean, if you're 40 and you paid into Social Security, all that money's gone. Poof. Yep. Poof. By the pay- if you get rid of the payroll tax, you get rid of the, all that money because they, they're not keeping it in, in for you. You know, they're not taking all the money and saying, okay, we'll hold this for another 20 years for you. It's gone, you know? Yeah, that money has been gone. And, and <laughs> I mean, we even saw that in the state of Washington here with all of the lockdown stuff mm-hmm. is that, you know, people aren't able to get unemployment. People aren't getting renters and, you know, rent assistance. People aren't getting all these things because – the money was never there. Right. They they budgeted what they think was going to be there and spent based on that. Yeah. Rather than we have the money, this is how we're going to spend it. Right. So And so, that's what we've done. Somebody asked me if I have radical political ideas and I said I don't I don't really think so, but I think I try and stand in the center and tell everybody that they're they're out of control you know i'm mm-hmm. i'm not a democrat saying hey republicans you're assholes come to the democratic side i'm saying hey democrats why don't you pay attention to the people that the, the republicans are lying to and i'm trying to tell the people that are being lied to by the republicans that no the democrats aren't much better they will fail and ignore you and so you have to get away from this political lens i mean right. here okay donald trump he will be remembered for a deficit and COVID, right? Yep. And then George Bush, he will be remembered for a deficit and war. And then the mm-hmm. next George Bush, he will be remembered for war. And Ronald Reagan, he will be remembered for AIDS and deaf trickle-down economics. And you can go all the way back. Is Nixon really the best president that I've had in my lifetime? He started the EPA. And he, he's the Trump, you know? <laughs> right. That's the crazy part in this. Yes. You know, and you look at you look at Democrats, you know, Obama's legacy is, you know, the Affordable Care Act which didn't make care affordable. It just made it available. Cuz he compromised. Not affordable. He compromised with you look Republicans. At, but Bill yes. Clinton. Bill Clinton is going to be remembered for a blowjob, but a balanced you know, for, budget, but a balanced deficit. Right. I mean, he should be should be remembered for a balanced budget and right. and not running a deficit, but he's remembered for a blowjob. Right. Jimmy Carter was just too much for oil, for people. Oil embargoes. That's what I remember. Uh, you exactly. Know I mean? And so the reality of each one of these things each one of these presidents going back as far as we can mm-hmm. like there you know obama is probably the least controversial president that we had despite him being black he just right. didn't get a whole lot done 
And he's he's what caught. So I have this theory that I'll just run down really quick. The Republican Party was the Republican Party until the Civil Rights Act. And then they split in two and they were George Wallace and Richard Nixon. And George Wallace was saying segregation forever. And Richard Nixon was like, shut up, states rights. And they were like, oh, that sounds better. So the Republicans went with this, but they always hated <clears throat> civil rights. And then they're fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. And then they're losing and they hit. Barack Obama comes in and they were like, fuck you. <laughs> and they split again and they became the Mitt Romney and the Donald Trump and mm-hmm. Mitt Romney. I'm sorry. I still think you're a Republican. I still don't, I don't like your values. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't care for him. I didn't care for him before. I don't care for him now. Donald right. Trump is the George Wallace. <laughs> right. And, and, that's, and, and that's, that's the, the problem. problem. That's the problem. And that, and, and, but I will say this: I may not like Mitt, Mitt Romney's values, and I will argue with, I will argue against a lot of his policies vehemently. Thank God. But at least I'm not worried about him actually trying to have the Capitol burnt down. That's what I'm saying. I would, I would, <laughs> I would fight with Mitt Romney over policy, over fighting with um, Donald Trump over grievance. You know right. what I mean? I don't want to have this four-year argument about how I hate somebody else. I want to talk to Mitt Romney and say, "Where do we meet? Where do we? What do we have in common?" And and then maybe I'll try and let's let's start with side. what we have in yeah. Let's let's start with what we have in common and and actually make some deals. Right, right, right. And so, I mean, I just don't like I don't like the the staunch side of the, the grift. The people are just like they're standing there and like not coming my way at all you know like lindsey graham is lindsey graham he's a he's a slime snail trail but he's never moved my direction at all he's never here okay 41 percent of america is independent 33 democratic 22 republican why are they fighting so hard for 11.4 percent of a base that they have to compromise with when they could actually be progressive Republicans and peel off some Democrats that are unhappy with the follow through that Democrats have and some independents that want more conservative government. Why aren't they going for them instead of that little, little base, you know? I think, but I think that's where you're going to see like rep Adam Kinzinger and and them do that. You know, I will disagree with Kinzinger on some of his policies, mm-hmm. but the acknowledgement of that the Republican Party has become something that is not the Republican Party yeah. and their potential willingness to create, you know, a party that is what the GOP used to be. Right. I, I'm curious to see what that looks like. I don't want to. I don't want a, a Republican Party of what it used to be. Just like I don't want the Democratic Party to be what Obama was. I want them all to be progressive, but but come together with those ideas. You, I don't, but that's the that's the problem with a conservative base is is that conservative doesn't mean progressive. Conservative yeah. means that we know what works and we're going to stick with it mm. because it works. Progressive is you know the acknowledgement of the fact that something isn't working. So we're going to do something different. It's not this. Well, that's, and that's exactly it. And, and that's, and the thing about it is, is that I think that's where, you know, the progressive and the libertarian base tend to be able to meet with each other. Mm -hmm. The end goal is the same. It's the methodology that neither agree with, for example, you know, you know, should, should, 
gay gay people be able to get married you know progressives yes libertarians yes why well government needs to protect it progressives libertarians government shouldn't be involved in it that's right that's That's literally the difference the end goal is yes the methodology is different um or you know for example green energy well we need the government to be over here stepping in and you know pulling tax money from all of these businesses blah 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 Mm -hmm. the libertarian side no, it's it's great. It's just that government shouldn't be involved in picking the winners and losers because Stop the government oil, right? Because the government makes their money off of it, and they're not actually moving the needle, right? No, nope, totally it's, agree. There's a one the, one point nine trillion dollars to help everybody, and I'm thinking, why not make it two trillion and help the forty nine million disabled people out there during a pandemic? You know what I mean? And you know, and a lot of people are like don't give money to everything and i get that but if you're gonna give it you better give me some <laughs> well and i think that's and i think that's what everybody you know there everybody wants to think that it's like mm-hmm. you know for me it's i don't see it as me getting money from someone else as much as it is getting my money back because of how many, how much yes. taxes I pay in. Right. I don't, I don't see it as me getting any type of stimulus from somebody else. I see it as getting my tax dollars that I've paid in over the course of the year back right. because in the end, the amount of taxes that I will have paid in personally mm-hmm. will far exceed the amount that I am getting back. Yeah. And honestly, if anybody thinks, here's what the Democrats say, people are going hungry. People can't put food on their table. They can't pay their bills. So we're going to give them $1,400 once. How the fuck does that help? How does that help? Has, has nobody $1,400 in debt? Over $1,400 in debt? I'm already getting creditors calling me saying, hey, you owe us money. And I'm like, wait a minute. I haven't talked to the, you in 15 years. But they know that I'm about to get $1,400. It's gone. So I don't understand that. And I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is is that, you know, this idea of, you know, how far $1,400 goes. Like, if you have a family of four and you got to buy groceries, like, poof, I that's you know that's like maybe two months worth of groceries mm-hmm. maybe maybe if you stretch it out yeah. i try i i put a i put a little note on one of aoc's posts and mm-hmm. i told i tried explaining to her i get fourteen hundred dollars a month rent is rent and bills is twelve hundred right so i end up with two hundred left groceries cost me two hundred dollars a month Prescriptions mm-hmm. cost me 150 a month, so now I'm negative 150 and making the choice between groceries and prescriptions. Like America is suffering, and this this one time payment isn't, isn't it isn't going to do anything, you know. And the problem is, is who's paying for that 1,400 dollars? You're not doing anything for me by throwing me a nickel, but your kids are going to have to pay a quarter on that nickel in 10 years. And that's the problem. We're, we're, we're mortgaging our future just like poor people do. We mortgage our future for shiny things now. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And, and that's what I'm trying to say. No, I don't hate Donald Trump because he is a Republican asshole. I don't like him because he did nothing for me. And I don't understand why people support Donald Trump when he did nothing for them. I don't like if you look at my Twitter, you're going to see I don't like Joe Biden because he's doing nothing for me. 
right? Mm-hmm. Although he's getting some vaccine vaccines going, and I really applaud him for for his work on COVID and and trying to streamline this vaccination process so we can mm-hmm. get over this. And a lot of this is, I really think that his 1.9 trillion should be attributed to Trump, just like that uh, Obama's bailout should be attributed to George Bush because we're kind of paying to clean shit up for them. Right. But that sucks. It just, it sucks. They all suck because none of them can focus on us. Nobody's focusing on us. They're focusing on the last problem or the next problem. But nobody's taking care of Americans and they're getting in our face about everything. Sales tax, federal tax, Everything, like everything is nickel and diming me to death and nobody's getting out of the way so that I can keep my money. They're taking my money and saying, we'll give you some back. And they're not. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly it. And, and when you look at the way Donald Trump ran his first two years, had, had we not had to deal with COVID Mm -hmm. and had he not started shit with the trade war, Mm -hmm. dear Christ, you know, we can argue, we would be arguing about how awful of a person he is. But with the caveat that his economy was working. Right. He would have been the, the next Ronald Reagan instead of right. the last George Wallace. <laughs> right. And we, we would have been bitching about that, but all of us would have been like, well, can't really bitch as hard as we are because the economy was on the economy was Man. on fire those two years. I'd rather it bitch really with $100,000 in my bank account. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> But then, but, you know, like anybody else who thinks they're the smartest person in the room, he started making unilateral decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. The the issue with forced technology transfers with China had to be addressed because that was bullshit. But not soybeans, not milk with Canada. Soybeans, steel, yeah, milk with Canada, avocados and tomatoes with Mexico. Right. Fucking European cars. What the fuck are you on? Right. Just leave it alone. You know, just and that's my problem. And when I say progressive conservative, I want a a progressive conservative that says these regulations are protecting our water. These are interfering with businesses. And so take a scalpel to some of the regulations. Don't just eliminate. Why do you, why the fuck would you eliminate a, a regulation that says you can't kill baby bears? How did that help America? It didn't. It helped. I don't understand that one. So you need to no broad strokes here. Just get in there and and take care of things in a way mm-hmm. that of these times. Not a regulate a regulation from 1910 doesn't fit 2021. Like right. can't we get a commission to go through every law and cross out the ones that said that say you need uh, you funny know, enough, a buggy dress to wear. You know, like why funny can't enough, we do that's that what, stuff? That's what Montana's actually doing right now. Is you know mm-hmm. their Republican governor just he had a he's uh, appointed a red tape commission to find laws that are hindering the you know hindering the state. Right now, uh, I I'm. I have my questions regarding Gianforte and his and his means and methods. But the fact of the matter is is that there's so many old laws on the books that don't make a goddamn bit of sense that okay. they really are they really are hurting things. And you know, when you talk about progressive conservative, I guess the way that I would consider maybe something like that is is that, you know, as someone who grew up as a conservationist, you know, I want clean air, I want Me clean too. land, I want clean water. I because those things allow me to grow better crops, they allow me to uh shoot bigger animals for food. Mm-hmm. They allow me to do things that 
you know, allow nature to be preserved. Yes. But, you know, some of these rollbacks don't make how does drilling in Anwar actually do any of those things? It does not. It doesn't. It doesn't, especially when oil dude dude oil actually went negative last year. Like at the end of last year. A a a barrel of oil actually cost more to produce. It was mm-hmm. negative. Like you could buy you, if you had oil, you had to pay somebody to take it. It is not a commodity that we need to go destroying our nature preserves for anymore. You know, right? And especially where now the United States is the world's largest producer of oil. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. who'd have, who'd have thought that one? We are the we're the nation leader in energy. Yeah, from fracking and all that stuff. And there is no reason why we shouldn't be switching our gears to more clean energy. And we need to work on the laws and regulations to get rid of and re. That's what I mean about progressive taking this old stuff and and redesigning it for our current like. Like, for example, the nuclear energy stuff. Like, I get mm-hmm. people's, cons- you know, concerns regarding nuclear energy. I truly do. But a lot of people are thinking about these things in terms of old 1950s reactors. Exactly. And that's my problem. You know, it's, regressive. These, it's regressive thought. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's what it is, is that you you have to have an on-demand system, but still leverage the fact that, you know, until we are able to draw and store all of our energy from the sun, you still have to have something that is on demand. And there is no reason why it should continue to be coal, oil, and gas. It shouldn't. It doesn't have to be, except for the the jobs that that gas and oil, you know, create. It, it, but that's the thing, though, is, is is we're getting to the point where it's not going to create jobs any longer. Mm-hmm. It will create temporary jobs as infrastructures age and have to be replaced and fixed. Right. But even like this whole fight around the Keystone XL pipeline, it was something, you know, everybody wanted to tout how it was going to create thousands of jobs. It created 40 permanent jobs at most. And they're still saying it, it, we lost thousands of jobs because of it. No, we didn't. We really didn't because all of that work was temporary. But here, here's something that's really – here. okay. So we all care about the defense of our country. Mm-hmm. Why, why did Donald Trump just spend trillions of dollars upgrading our nuclear arsenal – only so that we could get solar wind hacked, right? If we had spent trillion billions and not trillions on upgraded cyber defenses, we would be now in 2021. Right now, China has a, a, a beam in the middle of its country that just shoots lasers up into the space and it, it knocks out satellites at random, right? And what that does is it breaks up satellite into billions of pieces that then take out other satellites right that's cyber warfare <laughs> why well, and, and so why why are we regressively thinking about tanks and 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 soldiers when we should be thinking about drones and cyber defense you know cyber defense is a huge one or you know even crazier yet because there's always the thought of whether or not war, war would hit the homeland why are we not using that defense, you know, spending to 
I don't know, say fix our infrastructure, like our roads, our bridges. I would argue upgrading our internal telecom systems to be more robust. So that way, you know, or the fact that we only have three electrical grids in this country. That's my East, West and Texas. Right. Can we make a system that doesn't rely on GPS just in case they blow our satellite out of the sky? <laughs> you know, it's like, why are we not think? Why are we thinking about regenerating our past for our glory days when we should be thinking about the future? Uh, that's why I like the Green New Deal, because it thinks about our future. And honestly, if we can create these green technologies with a defense mechanism built in, that would be great. That would be great. But honestly, if our roads are shit and somebody attacks the homeland, what are we going to do? We can't get there. You know? Right. You're literally going to have to rely on tank to, you know, track vehicles in order to get to some places. Right. Or, you know, for example, like even if we had a green, you know, a green infrastructure in place and all you got to do is take out a few solar collectors in the desert, you know, why don't we have, nuclear generating uh, power systems buried underground like we've got shit in Cheyenne Mountain. But not connected to everything. Like somebody was explaining, and it made a lot of sense, that we built our infrastructure so that people could work on it remotely. And that was a major disaster long term, you know, because now hackers can do the same thing from over the over overseas and we have no way of shutting them off but why is everything built to be accessible (laughs) well and 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 i think that's that's one of your that's one of your biggest issues regarding the centralization of government Mm -hmm. the idea is is that it is easier you know to have a one set standard and be able to control it from one place but the reality is is that when you fuck up that one place you fuck up everybody else's stuff which is why i think that you're going to see more reliance on what they call microgrids you know where small communities have their own power generating systems like their own you know couple of wind towers or their own solar collectors that help generate their power their own storage systems for storing power that the community pulls off of Mm -hmm. you know I think, you know, or houses that store their own electricity and are self-sufficient. I think that those are things that are going to happen because of the reliance on this large interconnected grid system. Unless we develop our cyber security systems to the point where it's almost an impenetrable wall, or we just straight up disconnect those systems from the outside. Yes. Yes, like Which, Russia can actually permanently cut off uh, internet access from the world and mm-hmm. be self-sufficient. Yeah. We can't. We have no means to do that. We would have to go underwater and cut a cable, <laughs> you right. know. And that's the problem with it. We're, we're not thinking. We're we're thinking about how to maintain our lifestyle instead of upgrading it. And we're spending billions to maintain just so we can have forest fires and and. Mm-hmm. 16 hurricanes in one season you know and we're not upgrading to what we need for the future and that that makes me really sad and and i until until the government decides to get out of the business of propping up Mm -hmm. some of these industries you know i'm was it royal dutch shell said that their plan is to be carbon neutral by 2050 i think is what they said because they're switching over to uh green energy technologies. Yep. I mean, those, like, like I said 
well, five years ago, you know, the, the oil company that decides that they're going to be a big energy company and not just a big oil company, they're the ones that are going to survive into the future. Well, yes, but I also think that government should be more in the, in the, uh, what is that research and development? Like, they they we should be using our money to invest in companies and and drawing a dividend from that i always believe that because you can't you can't run a country this big on the taxes that you're getting from the people not in a social democracy in a in a fascist state maybe (laughs) when you depopulate half of the population and then you're left with just the people that can survive but i really think the government needs to be in more research and development but not <clears throat> not in control. I'm not in control. <laughs> right. I I honestly just think that they need to get out of the business of giving those companies tax breaks and say that if you're going to get a tax break, this is how you're going to get it. Yes. Well, I think that a small upstart company they should they should be able to apply for a grant and grow their business and. In some way, I think the government should have a share of that and draw a dividend from it. I think. I well, they really already think- there. There already is that ability. I mean, it's just it's it, the Small Business Administration. It's just that it's a it's a fairly well kept secret that most people don't realize. You know, I think that. Uh, if I remember right, you can get up to like fifty thousand dollars on a signature. That said, they're they're low cost loans. So, I mean, it is their dividend. They do get their dividend on it. But when you're looking at the technology itself and what the technology itself costs to be able to research and develop, 50 grand doesn't really get you very far. Well, not in this age of bigger. Not in the age where Facebook buys up every technology or ExxonMobil buys up every technology or Amazon does just to remove competition. And mm-hmm. I remember Ma Bell. I don't know if you remember that because that might be – I just realized how old you were. I got, laid, <laughs> I got laid before you were born, you know what I mean? Probably. Ma, Ma Bell was really big and it split and it became AT&T, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it became two companies. And I don't know why we stopped with monopolies. We're just allowing uh, Comcast – to be a monopoly we're just mm-hmm. allowing amazon to be this behemoth that now what they they actually host like the web host and stuff i thought they mm-hmm. were selling books you know? right it's like oh i remember when they just sold books or i remember when they just sold you know a few you know gadgets here and there right. man i don't you know i used to get deliveries from amazon from you know the post office now amazon's got their own trucks that show up at my door Right, drones that show up. So what if Amazon said, hey, Snapchat, we want to invest in you. We don't want to own you, but you're going to be a partner of ours. You're going to be your own thing, and we're going to collect dividends off the loan that we gave you, you know, And but you're going to do your own thing, and you're going to grow as big as possible and go on to help smaller companies. You know, they're, they're absorbing companies. WhatsApp was was a standalone app and now it's owned by Facebook and yep. I can't even tell you how many countless other things Steve Jobs he stole the, the 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 technology to make the iPhone from somebody that was working on it he bought it and and used it he didn't he didn't invent it he mm-hmm. he crushed another company he crushed a few companies to get the technology to do it he put it all together smart guy I love the guy. I have no problem with Steve Jobs, <laughs> but it's that theory of absorb and become bigger because otherwise we'll die. Mm-hmm. So that's and 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 
I would argue that that's exactly what the federal government does. That is exactly what they do. And become bigger. Yes. And it's just that unfortunately, you know, we get to pay a whole bunch of taxes and and in a lot of cases don't get to see a whole lot of results. And on the other hand, and as well, now we're trying to shove it into a branch of government that the president shouldn't be controlling these things. He has no idea about technical regulations on facebook and you know he doesn't know this stuff the justice department why why is he even in control of the criminal justice system and the army don't you think like the doj and the fbi and the cia should be a separate department (laughs) like not in control of him one would i i would i would say that that's exactly what needs to happen is they need to be separate i mean Mm -hmm. they need to have like I would argue that, you know, yeah, they have their political appointment head, mm-hmm. you know, in the cabinet, of course. Yep. And, 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 you know, I've said the same thing about the USPS is, is that, you know, they need to have their political appointment head, but operate solely as their own business. And that's, and that's why, you know, the reason why they haven't been able to raise their prices, the reason why they haven't been able to do those things is because Congress still controls them so heavy handedly. And then they, and then they question why, you know, these, why they're struggling to make ends meet. It's like, well, if you let, if you had a political appointment head run the USPS like it was a business and make the changes that were necessary, a smart one, right? Not a Lewis. We wouldn't. We wouldn't be seeing the struggle that the USPS is having. And in fact, the USPS could have possibly become Amazon before Amazon became Amazon. And imagine the trillions of dollars that the government wouldn't be stealing from your taxes if the USPS was an income generator. Well, I wouldn't say that they would become an Amazon just simply because the idea that USPS would be, you know, retailing goods is is well outside of the scope of, of what it was allowed to do in the Constitution. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If we if we let it become a freestanding entity, you know, and could make I would pay I would pay maybe $99 for Amazon Prime. What if I could pay the USPS $79 for post office prime? You know what I mean? Like it could have gone that route. And that's the thing is that we're not using the levers to generate money. We're using them to spend money. Well, I mean that's that very much is true. We're just we use the levers to spend the money. Uh, I would say that my biggest concern about you know the USPS and in that realm is always going to be that you know are we really going to be talking about how awesome Amazon is you know or how awesome the USPS would be if it acted like Amazon? You know, remember where Amazon is still getting most of its stuff. The world, China. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, we would be bitching about it just the same way as we bitch about Amazon and and what they have. It's temporary. It's only, it's only China because we gave up the ability Mm -hmm. to manufacture stuff. And like, like we always talk about, why is it China and not Mexico? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why, Why is it not Canada? Why didn't we work to create infrastructure in our hemisphere instead of giving it to the communist China? You know, know, and, but I would also very much, I would also very much say that the USPS's function was only solely intended to be, you know, parcel and mail delivery and not get it involved in anything else because 
in the end, you know, what is what is controversial about delivering mail and delivering packages? Very little. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think that that's you know as something that is going to be controlled by the government that is as much as control that is as much as you want it to be involved in because then you know we get into this question of if the usps is controlled by the government in the way that it is currently or even you know if we had a politically appointed head mm-hmm. then the question becomes is if you get a donald trump in who decides to go to war a trade war with china and the USPS, to, you know, then shuts down all of your ability to get stuff from China mm-hmm. through the USPS. We, we, it's that if you give the government enough control over something, it will find a way to hang you. That's true. If if Amazon was controlled by the government and Donald Trump said no more, no more Amazon for the year, we'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and so, that's just one of those things, like. Like I understand, like I understand what you're what you want, and I understand what you think is possible. But I also know that what the government does, yeah. what what is possible with the government, and they are a boogeyman that haunts other nations and its own citizens. <laughs> and with me, hope springs eternal. Like we have this, we have this big big machine, and I we're not using it like correctly. And I just kind of want to adjust it. But that's what I'm saying. Why can't we get a progressive Ben Sass to say, I'm going to look into this post office thing and I'm going to come up with a policy and then I'm going to bring it to the table and ask other people about it. We're going to, we're going to bring that into a committee and I'm going to have eight people talk about, talk to me about it. And then if if we agree on that, we're going to bring it to a larger majority until it it reaches Mm -hmm. something decent. Like, why are why that i don't understand why we're not doing this stuff i, I don't know I don't it's know. i mean it's it's the answer is it's because simple politics one party wants control when the other party has it and vice versa yeah. it's not about it's not about making it a well-oiled well-functioning machine it's about making it a well-controlled machine influence machine right mm-hmm. so you know in in reality is, is i want the post office to be as cheap as possible but I also want them to be as efficient as possible. I want them to be as functional as possible. I want them to be able to upgrade their fleet so it's as fuel efficient as possible. And the way in which Congress has gotten itself involved in the post office has made it so that way none of those things are possible. I agreed. That's agreed. The funding for the post office is just ridiculous. I don't need uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. Don't make a don't make a fork a knife. Just let a fork be a fork. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I do think that we need to realize that Democrat and Republican, they're not changing your life like you think they are. And a president has less influence than your state representative does. You know, like I can I can go talk to my House of Representative member. Anytime I want, he he lives. You can talk to your city council member anytime. Yes, right. Like actually, you know, it it goes back to like, you know, some you know we we you hear that cliche, be the change you want to see in the world. Well, sometimes Mm -hmm. that change you want to see just needs to happen in your city first. And if it works in your city, you know, and and you start to see that it's working well, then advocate it to be a change at the state level. We all want that instant gratification. And like I said, if you're reaching out to the president, so are 330 other million Americans. But if you're reaching out to your mayor, chances are there's about 25,000 people in line. And if you talk to your commissioner of your 
district. I'm in district four. Brian Welsh is my, you know, commissioner. I can, I can zoom that guy anytime I want and say, Hey, what's up with this, uh, internet line? You know, what's up with our, our sewers? And I can talk to him like a real person, right. but I can't get, I can't get Joe Biden to even like acknowledge disabled people exist. You know? <laughs> And that's just it is, is that, you know, if you, you know, maybe, and, you know, as, as your frustration grows with, you know, disabled mm-hmm. in America, what does disabled in Tallahassee look like? Maybe it's exactly. time to start there first. It is. And then yeah. what is, what is disabled in Florida look like? That's right. I, you know, I totally agree with that. We need to clean up our yards. If everybody cleaned up their own neighborhoods, America would be beautiful, right? And exactly. it would be diverse and everybody would live in a community that they enjoyed, that they liked, that they didn't feel oppressed. If you look at Tallahassee, all the minorities are in the South. If you look at every state, every city, minorities are all in the South, right? And it's these regulations that that do this, and they keep trying to adjust this stuff without communities cleaning it up. The federal government is coming in and saying, stopping red line. Why aren't the communities saying, we're just going to work on our community. Get the fuck out of here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's and that's what needs to happen. And that's mm-hmm. and that's why I I usually advocate against a stronger federal involvement because mm-hmm. the feds tend to involve themselves in ways that you know don't help anybody else. Like there are so many things that you can do at home first. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't if you can't maintain your own home, how in the hell are you going to change the country? <laughs> right, and it goes back to what we said about. Your medical care, if you can't take care of yourself, don't expect somebody else to take care of you. Yep. And and if the person that you're talking to isn't willing to sit down and listen to you and solve the problem, then it's your right to fire that person and work find someone else that'll work with you. Yes. And that you do that at a city level. Do that at and, your local level. Do that at your state level. And I don't care what person it is on the planet, whether it's Jeffrey or Donald Trump, I'm not going to agree with everything that they have to say. But I can respect you as a whole that you're not going to pull out a gun and shoot me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, you know, and that's the way it should be is, is that, you know, I ain't going to agree with everything you say either. Right. But the the fact of the matter is, is that we got to start with what the end goal looks like. And we can disagree on the methodology all we want mm-hmm. as long as we find ways to move to that end goal. Yeah. And we got to be thinking about it. We need to preserve our history while accelerating our future exactly nice did we touch on any did we what a weird i think we I, that, was a, that was a winding one but you know what it was a good one yeah i kind of liked it is there anything so. that we didn't connect with that you wanted to connect with how's the family everybody doing okay oh we're all doing great you know we're watching the snowfall here in olympia got like a foot of snow sitting on top of the roof of the house oh, that's right it's snow time yeah, well, pretty soon it'll turn over to rain and then it'll warm up and all of this will, you know, we, I had people like actually skiing and snowboarding down the road in front of my house because <laughs> there's literally a foot of snow on the ground. So people were out skiing and snowboarding down the hill. It was that hilarious. Awesome. That is awesome. You know, it was, it was cool to see, you know, inner yeah. tube, someone was down there sliding away. So cool. I love that. I want to let everybody know that we are next Wednesday. We're doing a low vision forum, a live stream with um, Blind Beauty, uh, Sadie Taylor, Kate Wackerman, and this guy named Jay. And we're going to be discussing, I've been trying to put a paper together 
about if I did actually get somebody's attention, what my demands would be. You know what I mean? Mm. And Sadie brought something up about why don't we, if we're going to redo the Harriet Tubman 20, why don't we put Braille on it? Right. And I was like, why don't we like, that's so easy. And somebody else was talking about, um, audio descriptions in everything. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this is really cool. We're coming up with some good ideas. So hopefully we come up with some more and hopefully we get other people involved in that. I'm really proud, Jeffrey, that out of the group of people we have, we have so many visually impaired people. It it makes me really happy. We have a bunch of atheists (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we have a bunch of, of, uh, gender neutral. I'm going to go with mm-hmm. non, I don't, uh, non bi we have non binary, non binary, transgender. We have, you know, gender um, queer, panda, uh, pansexual, demisexual. We have right. a really good group of people. And so I like being it, this diverse, you know? And, and it's important that, that we are this diverse because, you know, how else are you going to get, uh, enough voices together to find common ground on things that can be improved. Yeah. We don't, you know, if it just relies on people like, that look like you and me, we're mm-hmm. never going to get anywhere. Right. But when you've got the voices of so many others coming in to talk to us about, you know, what they see in the world and what they see needs to change. And, you know, it's one of those things, like, where do we find, where do we find the common ground starting point? And, and let's get that. And then let's move from there. We can disagree on methodology all we want, as long Mm -hmm. as the end goal is the same. I I just think that we, we got to stop Twitter shouting problems without solutions following. We need to be solution based. Mm -hmm. It's okay to identify a problem, but don't shout about it till you have a solution. And exactly. I think that's where we excel where other podcasts don't. I listen to these podcasts and they're telling me what happened three days ago in politics, but they're not giving any solutions. And and what I love about us is we predict futures that have come to fruition. You know what I mean? The things we've mm-hmm. discussed are actually happening. And I think that's how you build trust. And I think mm-hmm. that when it's solutions, I think that's really neat when it happens. You know what I mean? So I really appreciate you, Jeffrey. Well, I appreciate being on here and talking with you. It's a lot of fun. You've been the best Valentine's Day date ever. Aww. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll we'll wrap up and I'll let you go then. Alrighty. We'll talk to you later, Jason. Bye, Jeffrey. Have a great day. You too. And you can always follow us every Sunday, 10 a.m. on wait. You can follow us every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We post that tweet about the live stream every week, every Sunday. We're going to be doing this, the live stream. I'm so excited about that. And you can find the podcast if you miss the live streams and you can't find the video and you can't find our Facebook. Of course, you can always visit us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. SoundCloud is a great place. That's where we post everything and it generates from there. And you can even comment on the episode. So go ahead and follow us on SoundCloud, the Stitcher Smart Radio app. You can find some great videos on YouTube, although we're really more on Instagram, but we're trying to get away from Instagram. I don't know what's going on with Instagram, but we're not posting as much on Instagram as TikTok. If you want to follow us on TikTok, you can find Blind Beauty and Sadie Taylor. It's Sadie.TheBlind. Yeah, Sadie.TheBlindLady and underscore underscore Blind Beauty and Kate Wack, all of them on TikTok, along with me, Public Access Guy. And, um, 
yeah, I really appreciate you guys being here. Sorry we babbled so long. It's just always fun when we get together. I hope some of that helped, and if you have an opinion on any of that, go ahead and comment right here on the video. Love you guys. Talk to you next week. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You Nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I, poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take it and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Potable, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.